Welcome to 12 Questions. Hey, we're here. Hey, we're here. We're I'm doing excited. It. We're doing it. If uh, if you were you're you're listening, it's uh, we're still recording on Alex's birthday. That's what hey, we're doing. It's my uh, my two year two sobriety years. birthday on September 11th. Somehow I forgot. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but I did. I'm just I, I I never know what day it is anymore because they all run together when you get busy, quote unquote. Uh, but yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to be here and to be doing this on my birthday because this is this has given me everything. My sobriety has given me everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. So cute. Absolutely. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I'm so happy for happy you. Happy to be here. Yeah. I'm happy to be alive. Happy to be thriving, and happy to have our guest today. Oh, oh okay. Transitions. Hey. For, oh, look at oh, look Segway at City, baby. Professional yeah. ass motherfucker. He's like, I got two years and I'm a professional. That's what you know, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a guru, but uh, <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Have people do my gardening work pretty soon. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Like this apartment has a garden for you. N- next, Wild Country Two is gonna be about me. Oh my god. Oh, that's such a good wow. documentary. It's wow. so good. Um, um, well, we have our beautiful guest here, and we always give people because we talk about anonymous topics. You could introduce yourself as whatever you want, um, but how would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, I guess DJ. DJ. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Okay. DJ. That sounds good. DJ. Okay. I hate saying DJ because DJs are douches. Yeah, yeah. No, you're so much more than. A yeah, DJ. I'm not, not really a DJ. You're the exception. Yeah. Yeah. Can well, I say your name? Oh, yeah, please. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, guys, uh, you're listening to the beautiful voice of Coach D. Fan, fan. Yeah. AKA, Who's bad? AKA DJ Airhorn. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Mark Stevens. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stevens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took a, me a while to connect. There's a beautiful man in our, in our uh, uh, comedy scene, and he's just, uh, he's enthusiasm. Uh, and Axe Body Spray became a person. Uh, He's like so exciting. He's so exciting. He's such a sweet, sweet person and I love him to tears, but he also will pull out a phone and air horn any funny comment. Oh, really? He does does that? that? Yeah. He does like his best impression of you. Well, that's nice. Hopefully, I, I touched him in a way. Exactly. That's what it is. It's flat. Well, he's already been touched. Uh, but, I know. believe it. I believe uh, it. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, Coach G is here. Hello. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is great. Yeah, and we always have, every time we run into each other, we go through like the cursory, we both do this thing where we go through the cursory Hollywood like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Things are happening. Yeah. Uh, my, I let you do that every time. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, but it's so funny, all of a sudden, we both just go like, but like how things are really going. And yeah. then it's like this whole thing of yeah. like, it's deep talks. Yeah. We get cerebral. That's how I like to move. Yeah. No, I thing. love that. That's how I like to move. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be here. This should be awesome. I didn't know you've been sober for two years today. Yes, sir. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Be, yeah, hopefully got, good things happen to you. I got sober shortly after uh, me and Anna's battle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, where he just blipped. <laughs> yeah. That I, shit was funny. I had... <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Oh, it was, yeah. It was it's a great hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious from the other side. I was like, oh, this is hilarious. You, we, know, you we, know why? You know why I probably liked it? Because huh. I just knew something greater was at work. 
sometimes Ooh. shit happens. You just yes. like, oh, this is perfect. Ooh. Yes, everything will be different from now on. I fucking see that. Wow, <laughs> where like the the universe is like now. We're gonna hit pause real quick because I was barreling towards something tragic. Yeah. Yeah. that's so weird and so almost out of your character it's like oh the universe is speaking loudly so oh, it's yeah. like great what's going on i didn't know your story i didn't even know you well then but i'm glad that motivated you mm-hmm. seems great mm-hmm. yeah we're like this is never gonna happen again and also like well not that this isn't gonna ever happen again after that moment mm-hmm. i started drinking even more and yeah. I was like, ah, it's all right. You know, things will be fine. Ah, things will be fine. Everything's going to be fine. This is no biggie. And then I started drinking and drinking. And then that's when I fucked up the wedding. And then that's when I, I sobered up. Yeah. I'm, I'm at, I'm working at a rehab. Mm-hmm. After that battle, I'm working at the rehab and I'm sitting at my desk. And that's where uh-huh. I did most of my like writing is my mm-hmm. girls would go to bed and then I would turn on podcasts with who, wh- whoever the next victim was. And I would just sit yeah. there and like listen and like come up with like a story of how I wanted to kind of paint them. And mm-hmm. like... So I'm sitting there just kind of like doing whatever on my computer uh, and I get this text message from Alex. Not to make it about me, but it was very funny. Go I got a text it. message from <laughs> yeah. Alex and he's like, I'm breaking up with Christina. I was like, what's going on? Ooh. And he's like, I think I ruined a wedding, but it's yeah. all their fault. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that's what you said? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I never I, knew this guy. And then I was like, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, he's my like, biggest thing was like, <laughs> bitches don't know how to take a compliment. I wow. got, he's like, I got so drunk, I started grabbing butts. <laughs> wow. But it's yeah. the guy's fault for not defending me, and it was mm-hmm. everyone else's fault for ratting me out. Yeah. And then wow. he came to town, and he got super drunk, and me, Pat, and Guam all went mm-hmm. to your mic just mm-hmm. to like make sure you were okay, and he got super oh. drunk, and uh, it was literally like all three of us were like, I was like, you need to leave her alone and never speak to her again, because you have fucked up beyond repair. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Pat was like, you should work it out, and Guam mm-hmm. was like, you need to get your fucking shit together it was oh, guam yeah. who really? like came in and like really ironed told him me out. i need to publicly shame myself which is <laughs> as if you know anything about my like, online persona i'm very i'm very polished off as we all are on yeah. social okay. media Okay. So no, no, I'm not. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. <laughs> see, but but you've already been through recovery before social media. So I'm like, me, I'm brand new. I'm just like I'm everything like grammatical needs to be errors. Okay. Yeah, when people visit my page, it needs to be awesome. I need to be having the most awesome fucking time. Okay. And that's when he was like, "No, publicly shame yourself. That that's the your, you value your social media presence so much. If you put a big crack in that, then she'll be like, okay, and it fucking worked." Really? You yeah, did was, like some I'm sorry shit on online? Oh, yeah. It was like probably some of my best writing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then but you, I was very vulnerable and I had to really put it out there. And then you oh, went to wow. a meeting. Then I went to a meeting and then boom, Jay Light was there and he was like, hey. Jay Light was at this meeting? Yep. This is crazy. This is like the whole meeting. Roast Battle community. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Roast yeah. Battle awesome. saved me. That's awesome. <sighs> well, I'm glad it's blessed both of you. Yeah. Too. And, and then now I have two have. years of sobriety. Yeah, how, how long... How long you've been on the sauce? You know, it's really crazy. I've I've never had more alcohol than in that can. Yeah, he's like a regular, but like a spiritual human. <laughs> Damn. I've he's... literally, I've drank more water in this house than I have alcohol my whole life. Wow. I just can't get it down. What? Like, it's so nasty. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you just haven't had the need to ever numb all your feelings? No, and that's, that's kind of what it is. You know, it's kind of interesting is um, I'm starting to realize like, I'm I'm really fortunate. Like, I'm just really, I mean, I don't know where everybody's at spiritually, but there's a couple, as I get older, I'm like, oh man, God was with you in these places. Because mm-hmm. I have a, a, a very interesting background. 
and I shouldn't be where I'm at. But the fact that I am where I'm at, it's like, okay, there was just powers greater than me. Let's hear it. I just, I mean, I just always had an infatuation with the church. Mm-hmm. And like, so when I'm young and I'm seeing fuck shit, I, I just have a drive to not do the fuck shit. Like there was never a drive where I'm like, I got to be a part of this fucked up shit. I was mm-hmm. always like, and then I'm using, I'm using my perspective. So honestly, the real reason why I don't drink alcohol, because I started sneaking into high school parties when I was like a sophomore. I actually went to my first one when I was a freshman. That's a big deal where I'm from. You don't mm-hmm. go to high school parties. There's a keg and all of that shit. And I quick, and I get the beer and I hold on to the beer like everyone else trying to fit in. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, then I'm noticing everybody's drinking this beer. And everyone's drinking this beer, huddled around the keg, trying to chase these women. I was like, what if I just don't drink the beer? And I didn't. And I was, everyone's like, why are you not drinking? And I got more girls by not drinking than I did by drinking. And I was always my MO. So no matter where I was, I was like, okay. It was just my thing. So So smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't start out that way. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to give off the energy like, oh, I've always been above it. I was just like, no, no, no. I could just make this alcohol shit work for me the other way. But now, now thinking back on it, I'm like, it was so much greater than that. And so just, just me understanding, you know. That's incredible. Because if Alex and I were there, we would have been like pushing everybody away from the keg and been like, "This is ours." And 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 alcohol is doing handstands while you ever did that. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no, no. Because I would. You you take it to the face, like they they put you over a keg stand. You hold both sides Mm -hmm. of the keg stand, and you drink the beer while on a handstand because it apparently fucks you up quicker. It just honestly, you just look stupid. But it was fun at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I bet you I could drink this beer. I bet you like. My uh, what do they call it? Stasis when you're like uh, you're swallowing muscles. Like I got strong like muscles. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I saw all of that, and I was like, I this, don't know. That sounded weird. I was like, <laughs> I, w- I was like, this is interesting. But I've always been like in things, but not in things. And I was like, you guys look, you guys look interesting. But I'm saying that, and I'm like 14 years old. So damn, I'm like, this is just this is interesting. You guys are annoying. And this shit is nasty. Like, this is really nasty. Like, I could convince myself to drink it, but then I got a problem because now it's good. So I actually have like, so many memories with me and my, my homie just going to whatever house party we were and literally just having Kool-Aid making contests because that's just what we did. Because <laughs> <What? laughs> Yeah, we were like, we're going to make the best fucking Kool-Aid. And that's just, that's just what we did. <laughs> what a fun thing that's to bring to a party. That's the most shit I've ever heard. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> We'd be like, we're about, to, we're about to get this contest going yeah. on. Yeah. And there was and there's always these intense debates. Do you put the sugar in the powder first? <laughs> you Kool-Aid connoisseur? Yeah, I had a Damn. good technique where I created like a tornado and I added the ingredients. Like we spent an hour doing that. <laughs> Did anyone ever heat the sugar water up and then add the flavor? No, we never what? got to that. I That's feel, next level. I that feel, might be the next shit. All right. Yeah, like a sweet tea version of yeah. it. I like that. I fuck with that. Coach T, we gotta have a cool. <laughs> We got to do it. Artisanal cocoon yeah. hour. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. If somebody showed up to a party and was like, yo, we're having a Kool-Aid making contest, I would, like, lose my mind. I would it's, run around and it's not so even, much joy. It's it's not even showing up. It's, it's if the most, and I hate saying this, but if the most athletic, what Zach... Uh, Taylor or who the hell is Zach Morris? We're talking yeah. AC Slater yeah. rolled into one showed up. That's kind of what it was because wow. I just had such a small town, mm-hmm. and and really where it came from was it was like, listen, my mom she's made some very poor choices. I don't know my father. My family has made some very poor choices, and I was just like, how do I break this? And I'm yes. like, well, I got to be an athlete. 
Yeah. And so I'm like, I had to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even drink soda from sophomore year to senior year. Wow. And I worked at McDonald's because I was like, if what? I don't, yeah, exactly. Wow. So I was like, That's willpower. That's <laughs> <laughs> fear. I didn't want to end up like the people who raised me. Yeah. And so I was like, if if I don't get out of here via sports, like I don't get out of here. So I just really took that very seriously. Where's here? Wow. I was, I'm from Ridgecrest, California. Okay. I okay. like to call it the, the meth pregnancy capital. That's, okay. Is that in the IE? It's above the IE. I above the IE. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like okay. So like Riverside and then turn toward the mountains. Exactly. Okay. Like, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's San Bernardino. It's two hours oh, east okay. of Bakersfield. It's yeah. It's, 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 past it's, Lancaster. Past Lancaster. Yeah. Middle one high school, two junior highs. Really, Damn. really small. I two hundred percent have probably performed there because, <laughs> yeah. because the beautiful thing about Rose Battle is I've now become like the queen of the garbage cities. We are no, so big. Ridgecrest is a garbage city. We are yeah. so big in those cities where it's just like it's just like there's nothing to do but make fun of each other yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i that's get to go right. to all those like beautiful cities and i love it because i'm yeah. from a place like that i love it that's great that's awesome uh, yeah but that's my spot that's amazing how many people are in uh i like to stretch it to like twenty five thousand. it okay. might be like 22 okay damn it's it's and and just and just so we're accurate like i remember going like 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 10 years old right and going to a grocery store and somebody saying who who's your dad and i name them and they're like i don't know that guy who's your mom and i say my mom's name i say her last name like are you related to and he would name my uncles and my uncles were sports stars and i'd be like yeah yeah that's my uncle and i would just watch the way people like thought about their memory and i was like i gotta do that like I don't even care. Like I have to do. Like that to me is crazy as shit. You need for to someone memorized like that. Yeah, for someone to play a role in your life that you're excited to see their family member. Like that's crazy. That's so I was like, yeah, I was like, what do I gotta do? And I just went ham. And I just oh, went ham as hell. You have good examples in your life. I love that. Uh, well, <laughs> my uncle, Distant, the, yeah. the oldest uncle, Amos, which everyone loves, he blew uh, a basket. He blew a baseball scholarship. Actually, he got. He got drafted to be in the minor league. He blew that up, killed his wife. Whoa. Did like two years How'd he in blow jail. It up? Drugs. He's meth. Meth is ra- meth. Meth yeah. amphetamines has rabbits my entire family. He completely lost everything. Uh, my other uncle Steve. You don't hear that a lot about black families and meth. You hang out in Ridgecrest, it'll get you. Mm. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah meth. That's that's the whole meth part of the state. <laughs> yeah, it's I just yeah. never. I never hear that. It's like that's it's like not a black drug. Right, it's not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and get me wrong, I don't really know the details. I just know those people ain't those people ain't who you want to look at. But right. their athletics performance was dope. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm putting athleticism on a pedestal because I guess that's a way for me to get my needs met. Yeah, that's the ticket. That or a record deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't into that. Well, I was, but I just didn't have any faith. It didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, this sports. Let's get out of here. And then I did the best I what could. Sports. I was football. Right. I played football. But then I then I just did wrestling, just weird, and I ended up going to college for wrestling, coaching wrestling, and honestly, that changed my life. If I would have been to football, I probably would have been a, a, a demon of a person, just because. Uh, so there's a level of humbling in wrestling. There's a level of uh, pushing your body physically, uh, like a detachment from the flesh and the world that you know it, that forces you to have a, 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 a an extreme center like knowledge and it's just like wrestling my at least especially my wrestling career is like an out-of-body experience to the fact where it's like you've trained your mind to do things that i know no one else can do Mm -hmm. and it's like that level of confidence is nuts 
And then you go to Hollywood and it's like the opposite of that. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's a lot of externalizing the experience rather than an internal experience. Because yeah. like anytime I've grappled in martial arts, I have to, it's the thing going through my head is breathe and stay calm, breathe and stay calm, be in here, be in here and just trust that you know what you're doing. Yeah. Trust the moves, trust the system. You're yeah. not going to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because this sounds like no matter what you can do, they're they're like cute. We got ten motherfuckers that can do that too. Yeah, there's um the the level of disappointment I've experienced throughout the sport of wrestling has pretty much leveled the amount of disappointment. So wow. once you've leveled, like I know this is nine eleven, but once you've leveled, <laughs> <laughs> once you've hit ground zero, and once uh-huh, you've hit listening. ground zero. <laughs> It becomes kind of hard to give someone power over your emotional state because, you know, because you're saying like I dedicated my entire life to be the number one person in the country and then it doesn't happen. And so then when you come here and they're like, well, I didn't get picked for potluck. I was like, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, they got it in for me. Oh, Are they oh, like because I'm, problem? I'm just like I'm. Just, I mean, you don't know that. Like it's interesting because because there's enough going on in Hollywood that you can bounce your shame off. Well, man, they don't like me. They're not looking for black people. I'm the only Asian. I'm a woman. Da da da. da. When you're in a wrestling singlet, there's just nothing. It was just you, and that man was better, and he gets to be better for the rest of his life. And you got to mm-hmm. experience that, and that level of humbling kind of detaches your infatuation with the outside world. Because it's not, it's so internal, such an internal muscle, I guess. I've never wanted to join a wrestling (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm like, let me get this spiritual experience real quick. Right now. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. And I like, Coach C pretty much answered her first question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're skipping to the second question. The first question is, how do you experience surrender? And that was it. Yeah, you you definitely have to. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm not in wrestling, I'd answer that question a little bit differently. Okay, let's hear Mm -hmm. it. Oh, I would, because it's funny you say that, yeah. because um, I just had this kid, I was just one-on-one with this kid, so when I'm not DJing, and I'm not producing comedy albums, and uh, and I'm not whatever the fuck, or mixing and mastering, I'm in um, like a group home. It's like a last chance for kids, right? Yeah. So if these kids don't get it together, they're going to go to jail, and a lot of times we're the last stop be- before they become very violent, destructive people. So as I'm working with this kid, and that's what we worked on, it was like, dude, you got to learn how to surrender. And he was like, I don't understand that. Well, when you surrender, you're just allowing the forces of the world to kind of take over. So in wrestling, it was a little bit different because you have to like ignore your body's actual needs. So just to give you an idea, I start the season 240. I got to wrestle 197. I lose 10 pounds a week. So I got to be Damn. hungry in a real way, like in a yeah. real way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like, and I got to not have water. Like, and that's, uh. what, like, what that does to your mind is kind of crazy. Like, it's, I can't even really explain it. You got to right. kind of do it. And, and I did it for four years or five years, actually, because I registered it. So anyways, so this kid has his whole gang, gang mentality and these things that kind of get in his way. And we're just talking about in moments when you feel anger and frustration come up, like, that's a moment when you really need to just surrender and allow whatever's going on around you to dictate what happens. And I guess that comes from a trust of you knowing how you're going to be okay. Like you're, you're fine. You're always fine. That's what people don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Like, and we're always fine. Yeah. So that's interesting. He made me think of this kid named L. And he AWOL, and he turned himself in. So good. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, that AWOL feeling when you're just like, where I thought he, he I thought yeah. he was dead. But it was the first time I actually did that level of treatment work 
with a spiritual angle, which was kind of interesting. I never did that before. Really? He, he had a lot of questions about like the Bible and God and things of that nature. And I'm like, oh, that's all I really care about. So I got to actually have those and, and play them in real life. And it was really a one-on-one setting. And, and it was, I learned a lot from that, having that kid around. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he does okay. Wow, so yeah. he, he helped you out as much as you helped him. Oh, uh, that's what everybody does. Yeah. There's right. no helping anyone else. That doesn't even exist. But like the minute you think I'm, I'm going to help you, it's like oh, you're not even looking at yourself enough. Like that phrase is not even a real statement. It's mm. just how can I serve you? Okay. And then after that is over, what did I learn? So that I can bring that to the next person and serve that best per- that next person even better. But uh, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's do you ever listen to Oprah's podcast? No, I hear it's banging though. Yeah. It's banging. <laughs> I do. And, and you Oprah lit over there? <laughs> she's killing it in the game. And when she, and in a moment like I'm that. I'm subscribing right now. What she, honestly get your phones out and do it. I swear to God, it's the best thing you can do for yourself. Okay. I in a moment like that, she would say, Let's pause here. That is a tweetable moment. That oh, is wait, get it, that Oprah. needs to be that needs to be shared with the world. And oh, like wow. that is like so many things you've already said. It's like oh, Oprah gr- Super Soul. Yes. Boom. Subscribe. Yes. There uh, you go. Your gratitude practice is incredible. Oh. That's what I'm hearing from you. Is that yeah, you never, are from a place of gratitude at all times. Yeah, I never heard it put that way. What? Thank you for that, Anna. Yeah, like, ugh, no, thank you. No, I, I needed to hear it put that way, though. What's been the most insane moment in your life? And it could be insane good, insane bad. Like, what's been, like, the... <sighs> oh, my goodness. There's a couple. There's it, When you say that, two pop out. Let's hear them. And they don't even sound related. So, Let's one, I'm in Arizona, and I'm cutting weight. I had quit the wrestling team, and I came back to the wrestling team, so I had to make this weight, and it was crazy. And I'm, I literally had, I had sucked. I had all my workout clothes were no longer good. I was like running in a a tie and a and a and a shirt because that's what you have to travel in when you're in college, or that's what their coach wanted us to. And I remember I had to run back to the hotel, and I'm on the side of the road in Arizona. It's two o'clock in the morning. I got to wrestle in like I got to weigh in in like six hours. I just remember cars passing. I was like. I'm good here. Like, if a car hit me and I'm dead, like, I'm good here. Oh, my God. Like, this is how, this is how it felt. But I made it back to the hotel. I made weight. I took second. I went on. It why was, you, it's why a good are you t- running? I had to lose weight. Oh, you know what really happened? I fell in love with a fucking drinking fountain. Like, it mole- I, like molested me. R. <laughs> Kelly style. I'm serious. I'm serious. What was the fountain shaped like? What, what, what? It was the coldest shit in the fucking world. I that never taste. I never tasted feeling. anything like that. Yes, that's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> I was like, I was like, let's say two oh seven. I got to yeah. wrestle like one ninety seven. So I'm like, oh, I can do like two oh seven. And then I was like, well, let me see what this water fountain's about. And it was crazy. I couldn't leave. It never got warm. It just kept coming out. And the next thing I know, I was like two eleven. And I was like, well, what are we going to do? Like, we need to weigh 197. And we're like, what are we going to do? And so, what did that and, do to you? Pump me full of water? <laughs> nah, that motherfucker was good. <laughs> I know exactly where it's at. Envy Riddle, Aeronautical College. I'll take you right to it if we were on campus. If anyone's yep. listening in Arizona, that's the sexiest drinking fountain I've ever experienced. That's hilarious. Honestly, Coach, I'm <laughs> getting ready to drive to Arizona. <laughs> And I might want to go back. <laughs> will totally go to that drinking fountain I just was, to see it. <laughs> oh man, it wrecked my life. 
yeah, when they got away. <laughs> yeah, it put on like three pounds in a matter of like forty five seconds, and then uh, and then I had to cut all this shit, and I still wrestled. That was a weird moment because I thought I was not going to be physically there, but if you just start, if you make a practice of ignoring your body, you can literally do whatever you want. I think that was important. Mm-hmm. Uh, another kind of insane, insane moment was uh, I guess when my mother was passing, she was about to die. I had to watch her die and coach at kind of, and teach at the same time. I also used to be a teacher. Ah. So I would coach and I would teach and then I would run and I would say my goodbyes to her. And this was in Arizona? Ridgecrest. Ridge, I actually returned back to Ridgecrest to, Ridge to, wow. to coach, teach. Actually, I moved back to Ridgecrest because I knew my mother wasn't doing well and I was like, this is a good... You should be here. This is where you're from, blah, blah, blah. And I remember things not going well because, of a lack of a better word, old, unhappy white women. It's like my kryptonite. Mm -hmm. So now I'm so focused on pleasing old, unhappy white women, like Mm -hmm. the the secretaries and just Mm -hmm. the bitter, like, it didn't work out for you. Like, like, it just really ticks me off. I'm like, why is nobody checking her? And I have such a hood mentality. I check these people and I actually create more issues for myself. Mm -hmm. So anyways, they had really bothered me. I didn't feel any support from that. And I was just like, I had a moment where I was like, I don't think anything matters. Like, I literally don't think life is worth living. So I would go into my garage and I would close my garage and I, at, at least for three days straight, I would keep the car running. Mm. Like, okay. like, I hear, like I hear this is the way to go. Like yeah. I hear yeah. it, it tastes good, it feels good, life's good. And then I was like, then I made a choice. I said, all right, cool, cool. If you don't want to live anymore. Three days? Well, what kind of car was it? Monte Carlo, the one I still drive. <laughs> so I would, I would go and I would just close the garage and I'd leave the car running and I'd be like, this is what it would kind of feel like. All right, cool. And then it was like, hey, buddy, if you don't want to live anymore, that's awesome. You don't have to live. Life is not even worth living. I don't, even, don't even try to counter that argument. Just if you don't want to live anymore, what can you get accomplished on your way out? And then I bought some turntables and moved to LA. Holy and shit. And that's just wow. literally what it happened. Yeah. Actually... I rededicated my life to the people I love, married my wife, took her to Disneyland for the first time, wow. made sure my sister was good. Then we moved to LA. Wow. And then your the wife who shows up almost every Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Well, sister she, by her side. Yeah, she, she used to. She stopped for a while. But That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So those are like <laughs> the two craziest things that happened. Because I don't understand that weight cutting thing, but I can never get that out of my head. And I do know that choice when I was like, wow. all right. If it's not worth living, go out with a bank. What does it look like? Are you going to rob a bank? Are you going to do this? Are you going to? I was like, oh, I'll just sell music. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Which is also suicidal. <laughs> 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 Which I don't know. You know. And so that happened to kind of work out. And I'm like, oh, that had nothing to do with me. It was like, you just got to stop thinking about yourself. Like, you just got to stop licking your own wounds and literally put people above you first. And you're going to be fine. But when you sit around and you're trying to figure out why your shit isn't going well, then you're no good for anyone. Oof. It's like only like your problems shrink the more you focus on others. That's just how it is. So the more you focus on yourself, it could be the smallest thing and it just turns into a gigantic thing and you can't see any solutions. So you're so caught up in trying to please yourself. But when you get caught up in trying to please others, your problems shrink. You, solutions come flying at you. It's all crazy. And then so that's where I'm at now. Oh, that's so good. Can we put that on a plaque in Hollywood and just like make everyone read it like once a week? Man, I'm about to quilt that shit on Oh my God. That's incredible. How do you make decisions in your life? Oh, that's really good. Man, I cannot believe you asked that. For the record, there's no way I would do this. I don't know why. 
But mm-hmm. I, the, the flesh in me is like, I'm not, it's Tuesday. I love you, Alex, but no. But something, <laughs> <laughs> I know, you got a long night ahead I of yeah. <laughs> I and I got you t- as like a Hail Mary because we needed a guest. So I was like. You said, yeah. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> we got, but that's a practice. Like, yeah. that's a practice. Um, one of the things is, well, you ask, how do you, how do you make decisions in your life? I, I guess I make decisions after I know I'm not in the way. Like, after I know that this doesn't satisfy my need, that's Ooh. probably the ah. best decision. Oh, that's probably the. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> that's, real. I love- that's so removed from your ego. I'm. You just hit I'm- Alex right in the face with that realness. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm all about me, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, to break it down in Hollywood terms, because I know that you guys probably have a bunch of people in the industry listening. Let's take the roast battle. Like when I, I said I bought two turntables and it was crazy because I was in Ridgecrest. It was a two hour drive to L.A. and I would come and Craigslist was like the pot of gold. I was getting the dopest shit for like yes. 12 bucks. Yeah. This whole setup, Craigslist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but then sure. I moved to L.A. and all of a sudden Craigslist dried up. And I was like, wow, I think that's. I think that was kind yeah. of a higher. A you higher probably z- bought everything. From- <laughs> <laughs> so when I hopped in my car, when I came here, I was like, I was like, look, I don't want to be no fucking DJ in no fucking comedy store. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Like, what? Oh, I'm looking at David Guetta. I'm looking at all these guys. Yeah. Where are these hoes at? Like, where's how am I yeah. feed my family out of this out of this comedy store situation? And then as long as I had that, and I've had a lot of friction with Roast Battle, mm-hmm. like, but not on a personal shit, with just me the way my ego presents itself and so i'm like here i want to leave this and do the next thing right but i'm like well why would you do the next thing when clearly from a spiritual level you've been placed here it's like you've been placed here and look how you've contributed to it why is it that you want to go do something else because that was just in my idea like i want to be this guy who does this and travels and does this but it's like clearly there's more money here it's not what you thought it was but it's like you got to chill out I guess you would say surrender and make the best decision because now what you end up doing is leaving the opportunity that is roast battle to go do some shit that just satisfies your own ego, which doesn't make any sense. It's like when I hear roast battlers leave to go do some other shit, I'm like, all right, other shit should come to you. If it didn't come to you, then your job's probably not done. A lot of people want their job to be done because they assume climbing up means I'm doing better. I should be touring more and hitting more cities and da 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 da. But I'm like, but your work's not done here. Yeah. So when something knocks on your door, then you should do it. If it hasn't knocked on your door, you probably haven't learned your lesson yet. Yeah, if you're good, they will find you. I wouldn't say if they're good, they're fine. I say your job's not done. Uh, you know, what I, mean? I would uh, say your see, job, like okay. you, you, your purpose is not done. And and people can't, people struggle to find their purpose because they use all their daily interactions to get their needs met. How is this going to turn into more gigs, more followers, more blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. But if you flip that and you're like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Look right. how look how lost you are. and Look how whatever you are or, or, or my talent fits in well with this. And this practice helps me dis- diminish my ego or whatever the hell. And then just more shit comes to you. Like mm. I, I cannot I cannot explain it. Like I'm sitting at my house one day. And I'm actually working with the kids. And then Jamar hits me. He says, Chris Rock is going crazy about the album you did for me. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad he liked it. Like, no, no, no. He really likes it. I think he's going to call you. All right, Jamar. I'll believe it when I see it. The next day, hey, this is uh, Chris Rock. Is this Coach T? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is Chris Rock. This is nuts. And then we end up, I, then I end up developing a relationship with Chris Rock. We go out there. We do his album. 
which comes out on the 28th. It's yeah. pretty nice. Damn, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah it comes Ooh, out uh, September 28th. That's and, amazing. Uh, but see, I November, can't. November or September? I'm sorry, September. I'm, September I'm 28th. September wow. 28th. But like, I can't create that. Like, I can't create a call from Chris Rock. I can't create Brian Moses needing a DJ for the Rose Battle. How, I, did, how did you guys meet? Like, how did that all happen? We're from, we're from both from Ridgecrest. Oh. Wow. Yeah, we went to high school together. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so it's a family affair. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. It's family affair, baby. So every time I was in LA area, I was just checking on him. Yeah. And that was it. And I don't do that often, but for some reason I'm like, hey, I know he's here doing his comedy. And I know what drove me to it was like you took such a crazy choice. Like you did comedy. And it's like, I know no one respects that choice. Like, there ain't no, fa- <laughs> there ain't no family member that's like, zero hell yeah. Out of zero people. <laughs> if this gives you an idea of my family, they were like, that makes perfect sense. Oh, really? Yeah, they were oh, like, good for good. you. Like, oh. get out of there. Like, like, yeah, that's. Yeah. And it was, it was like fresh after high school where everyone's really competitive. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, you got to be here and you got to be there. So I, I made it a way to be like, hey, man, I fuck with the courage that you have right now. Wow. And then one day he would always say, you got to come down here and do this shit with me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. This is, this is my path. And then one day I said, yeah, man, I'm moving down. It was literally Sunday night. I said, I'm moving down. I got an interview on Monday. He said, well, can you do my show on Tuesday? And I said, what? By the way, a very Moses exchange. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you need, you need, like, you want my turntables to come? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Bring your turntables. And I was like, all right. And I brought them. And I was like, oh, it'd be nice if you would have gave me more information. Yeah. But I'm about to fuck this whole show up. But thank Ooh. you. Like, I'm, right. thank you. Yeah. If you're cool if I just do some shit, because yeah. I just see where I could probably inject some shit. And then we did. And then that's that that's and it's it's brilliant like yeah. there are when i was last there judging there were moments where maybe the crowd wouldn't react to something brilliant you were doing and yeah, i was yeah, like yeah. hey everybody listen to what coach <laughs> yeah, is yeah, doing yeah, back yeah, there yeah. holy shit yeah. <laughs> yeah when i know the crowd doesn't respond to your shit i know they're a garbage crowd <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because you're easily the funniest person in the room oh you guys are very nice but you <laughs> well, you humility i love it well <laughs> you can't create like you can't create that like that, everyone wants yeah. to know how do you do something dope, and I'm like, you're in the moment. That's not is it's yeah. not the issue. Is how do you do something dope? The issue is why aren't you already doing something dope? It's probably because you're doing some dumb shit to satisfy some shit you didn't get over when you were like five. And like I don't want to minimize whatever your pain is, but that's probably what it is. Like opportunities are coming to you daily. You literally can't see them because you're probably an overly emotionally based thinker. So it's like I could have walked away and wanted to multiple times from the rose battle for. A bevy out of reasons instead of just making my path work for me and then it's like like you got dance battle comes out and i don't know when the hell that comes out but we start an episode we shoot a couple like i can't create that like that's not a yeah. thing like yeah. i didn't do that like yeah. i like on the outside it's like oh he's whatever he's not, but i'm like dude you can't i can't do anything to make chris rock call me yeah. all i can do is serve jamar yeah. In that moment, he was crazy. I was so mad that no one gave him the respect that he loved. He had comic respect, but I was just like, I really think you're brilliant, and I and I think, I think what you do should be should be presented in a way that other people can get it. And then that's what happened. So in that moment was about Jamar. So it's it's almost like, like this like the world gives you uh, like a project. When you get an A, you get another project, and you get to go into the other classes. So the question isn't how do I become more successful? More, why aren't you already successful? Like you're getting F somewhere. 
You're getting D minuses somewhere. And if a teacher sees you getting D minuses, they're like not going to refer you to the next highest math next year, right? Yes. You keep repeating algebra. So you have to be gifted in your opportunities. And I don't think people kind of, or at least that's the way I move. I don't want to doubt anyone's way they move, but that's how I move. No, I, mm-hmm. fuck, that's such a, this, there's so many like, <laughs> yeah. dense life lessons. I, I, right <laughs> like, I was just like, oh my God. Um, I have, a, I have a question for you, okay. like a side question. All right. Because I don't want to make it about me, but it's, it's very interesting when you said like there have been moments where you've wanted to walk away. And yeah, I've yeah, had yeah. to, I've always phrased this, I've had to take a step back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a part of me that desperately wants to come back. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that's like, wait, 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 wait. And I don't, how did you know? Because I, I remember very distinctly after uh-huh. battling Mike Feeney coming back uh-huh. and and I, I looked at Stuart. I woke up the next morning. I looked at Stuart. I just started crying and he went, what? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I can't do this right now. I just can't. I was like very sick and I had a lot of stuff going. I was on all these like crazy hormones and making me yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, I, I don't know what happened but I, I don't know if I'm done learning the lesson of roast battle. I don't know Got if I'm done. You. The way you just phrased that, I was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm done. I don't know if it's done with me. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wow. makes sense. And, and it's like, it's been interesting because it's like being away from it has been, um, it's been hard in that like I miss it yeah. all the time. Yeah, But yeah, yeah. at the same time, I've been like, Folk, like I've been, I haven't, I've, I've taken that up. Obs- like I, I realized that I have obsessive energy and uh-huh. that's fine, uh-huh. but I've decided to just call it beautiful obsessive. Like, <laughs> like I, I have, I have friends Crazy. in recovery like that, that just get obsessed with things in this like beautiful yeah, yeah. way and to just like channel that. And I wonder, I wonder if I were to come back where that separation or at least where the, where the path would lie. And I feel like, you know, these things, <laughs> I was just like, like a roast battle Oracle. He might know. <laughs> I was just like, he might know. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you and you out of my mouth, I, uh, championed you like I particularly yeah, championed you, especially especially when we were doing. And I'm so grateful. Yeah, yes, when we did yeah. your thing, mm-hmm. it was like I got the people like they talk to me more. They don't really talk to me no more now because I don't. It just that's just the nature of it. But back when it was like we don't know what's gonna happen, and I was like you kind of need to get Anna. But it wasn't it had anything to do. With, it was just your start and your finish. It was like oh I look at this growth as a comedian. Like it's crazy. Like look at yeah. this. Like. She wasn't that good, and now she like, <laughs> and she, now true. she is. And I'm like, I'm like, that's one thing. And the other thing too is like, Anna represents the battle community. At the end of the day, like, please yeah. don't get caught up in your TV credits. There's a community true. here yes. that that built this thing, and if you do not pay that community back, we're gonna be in some big trouble. Yeah. Like, it just that's you're not gonna feel where you need to be spiritually. Um, as far as your return. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, I got an idea what happened to you, but you went through some shit and mm-hmm. it was like. And I also had not failed in my career up until that point. I had not experienced failing something, if that makes sense. I had failed in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had a real dose of like, what is this? What is this? Yeah. And then, and then, but it wasn't even a failure, it was a success. But my brain was like, all or nothing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I do. One of the, the number one fights that I have amongst the, uh, let's say, the stakeholders in Roast Battle is I just keep asking why. 
and and that probably- I love that though. I love that. <laughs> oh, I lo- I'm like ooh, I would always get in trouble at work because I would be like when I had like regular jobs, I'd be like, why do we do it like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Well, so now, so now, imagine that at like a Hollywood level, when yeah. you have opportunities that seem like, like, oh, we could go do this, and I go, but why are we doing that? What do you mean? Why are we not? Why are, what, wouldn't you want to do that? When you need to hit, I'm like, well, okay, well, that's the need we're getting fulfilled. Okay, cool. Let's identify that's the need we want to get fulfilled. Yeah. Whether it's people cheering you, whether it's a, hey, you need some shit for your Instagram, go ahead and do it. But it's like if you keep asking yourself why and you don't like the answer, then why are you moving? So I guess if you say why am I not in Rose Battle and you and you ask and you answer that and you keep asking why and you get down to 10 answers and if you don't like those you should probably come back to Rose Battle. Mm. But if you like those then you should be like this is why I'm not in Rose Battle. Okay. What well, do you think happened? Cuz you were like I know what happens. Like what do you think happened? Like it's too comfortable? <laughs> no, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say I wouldn't say um how about this? This is this is this this don't is. Be, you don't have to be diplomatic. I asked you. Oh, this is this is yeah. nothing diplomatic. I'm just making sure it applies to anyone that's listening. When you get close to your goals getting met, is when you become your worst self. Yep. <laughs> and so yeah. and so the, this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going off on people. <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't think uh. and I don't think people kind of understand that. Like if, if someone's going to give you a million dollars right now, you're just going to be a million dollars of what you are. Like oh. a lot of times your lack of success is probably saving your life because you turn into some shit that would destroy yeah. you and everyone connected to you. So it's like when you get close to the shit, you have to watch who you are in that moment. And then you need to reevaluate who you are and decide how you want to move going forward. So it's. Yeah, I was in that moment. I had that clo- moment where I was like, you it, you on TV. I had to, That's it. I had to pull back. Yeah. To, yeah. Cause I was like, who do I want to be moving forward yeah. with this comedy and with, because when that roast battle night, yeah. I got on my hands and knees in the, in that belly room bathroom, which is disgusting. That's brave. And I yeah. prayed to my higher power for the opportunity to give people joy. Oh, and, and I was just like, I surrendered and I said, is whatever, I would love to win this, but here's the deal. Whatever your will is, I surrender to. I just want to give people more joy. Wow. Got you, got you. And so that's the TV taping. No, that was when I battled Alex, and I did it at the TV taping. I was in the bathroom back. Hold on, hold on. When you battled the skipping Alex, this Alex. That's the prayer that you had. That's the prayer. And then when I did the TV mm-hmm. tapings, I did the same thing. I was also very sick and like bleeding all over myself. Yeah. So I was in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everybody's talking to Snoop Dogg and talking to talking mm-hmm. to all these people. And I'm in like and I'm like I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. By myself. Yeah. <laughs> like Battle mode. weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But right. I but I remember thinking a lot of times like there was something about when I did it was with Alex, there was much more of a connection, a higher power connection. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I have to say this. Um like I, I've I've had an infatuation with religion, all levels, everything about it from a very very young age. Like what I mean, like I'm eight years old. I would call Sister Ruby to pick me up and take me to church. Like my mom didn't go because she has her own demons. And I would like sometimes my sister would come. Like I have always had an infatuation. I so through that I've learned quote unquote how to pray. I'm gonna say you learned how to pray. And I've always prayed, Hey God, if this is what you want to happen, it's good whatever right yes. never ask for anything right yes. mm-hmm. every wow. time i prayed in wrestling i would always say hey god if it's your will hopefully that everybody uh is is healthy and it has the ability to contribute to the sport the next day blah 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 wow. there is but one time 
I said, nah, fuck that. I want it. Like mm-hmm. I want it. And 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 I got it. And it killed my mother. And so I'm like, I had and so I had to like understand that. How do you know that though? Oh, I know this to be a fact. Because there's this job, there's this coaching job called Buchanan. It's Buchanan High School, right? I used to be the head coach of Buchanan. Being the head coach of Buchanan is like being the head coach of the Patriots. Like it's the biggest thing for wrestling. And I was the first black wrestling coach, head coach in Clovis history, period. I don't think they've ever had a black head coach. Clovis is very different when it comes to sports. I'm doing, I'm going up to do, I'm, I'm going to spend three days in Clovis and like a week. <laughs> I, have great, I have great connections there. Yeah. I had an opportunity to be the Clovis wrestling, I'm sorry, Buchanan High School's wrestling coach. Wow. And I was like, this is what I want, 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 fuck it. I don't, fuck it, I don't care, it's what I want. And it was like, all right, cool, and then I got it. And then, and then I lost it. It wasn't even me. It was just some kid did something stupid. Uh, press got involved. And it was like, we got to just cleanse everything. Yeah. And so they cleansed everything. And the next thing I know, I was like, well, fuck, I got to get a job. So I'm going to go back to my old high school. And I was like, I got to do something with my mom. She requires 24-hour care. So I put her into uh, uh, like, a, like a home. But I was so dedicated to, to, my, uh, to coaching and and, and making sure that all those kids had every element of me. I, I wasn't checking on my mom in a way. She ended up having a slit in her back, got infected, and she, then she later died. So I know this, ever since I had that job at Clovis, everything connected to that Buchanan job was toxic. And it happens to be the only time in my life when I said, I don't care, I want it, I know I need it. Like, I just know I need it. I, I know you think you're God, but I know I need this. And it was like, brother, I'm trying to tell you. And then I did it, and that was whatever. So then I've changed from <clears throat> from when I was younger, it was like, hey, if it's your will, it's cool, to when I really wanted something, I was like, fuck it, I want it. And now it's more like, just just give me the strength to accept what it is that you need me to do, as opposed to trying to be like, hey, I want it, but I don't want it. And it's like, just yeah. give me the strength to okay. accept whatever my path is and, and give me the knowledge to understand how you want me to move when, when these opportunities come. Because I definitely know in this it, trying to get your needs met is – it's the greatest toxin that we have in, in, in the world. It's crazy. But the thing is, is our needs are already met. Thank you. That's yeah. why that's so important. Yeah. Cause I remember, I remember some doing a little cry thing and Stuart, <laughs> Stuart sat up and he just said, and by the way, thank you for sharing that beautiful story. Yeah. And thank you. Uh, that's incredible. And I'm all, let me bring it back to this like real lame thing. I brought. No, no, it's, but it, it, it's all good. He looked at me and he said, you know, I remember when you beat Evan and I saw in something change in your face. Mm-hmm. And he said, I saw in that moment you wanted it. And mm-hmm. before you, you just kind of were there mm-hmm. enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And once you started to want it, I knew it was going to break your heart. Ooh. There you go. You're getting great feedback in your life. <laughs> I know. he's. So <laughs> I don't know. I ended up with him. He's so sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's incredible. That's, yeah. That's exactly what it needs to be. That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you for a- answering my selfish question. No. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, I got to know what he thinks about No, there's, there's nothing selfish. And, and just so that you don't even, like, even fill on an island there, like, like, there, like you understand, like, I quit my teaching, like, I, not my teaching job, I quit my, um, my, my therapy job because I was yeah. feeling myself. Like, ah, two seasons, I'm good. And I just quit because that's what I thought I needed to do. Yes. As opposed to just being like, well, what should you be doing? And then that was a chaotic year. Like, I'm still paying taxes on that dumbass year. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. 
So I'll like, Sam will get you. And like, and like, I know a very good accountant. Oh, I, you need help. No, I, I, I just was, I was an idiot. But uh, in the minute, I was like, "Fuck, I, I should be working there." Yeah. Eat it. You should be at roast battle. Eat it. And then the next thing you know, there's rock. And the next thing you know, there's dance battle. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. I had to get on a, a timeout because you got so close to to what you thought you felt you needed in life, but at the end of the day, you lost sight of what you really needed, which was your connection with your true God. But oh. that's me. <laughs> oh, this podcast. Oh my God, go G. Oh gosh. Yeah, I'm we've going to go- church Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we've gone through okay, so we did the we did this decision step. What's the most yeah. interesting thing you've learned about yourself in this beautiful journey? So many things have already yeah. come up. Oh man, this is gonna. This is where I'm at personally. Okay, is this understanding the order of the world? It's like the world has order, and um, once you understand the order, you learn how to move in it. So, like the way I explain it to kids, the troubled teens is like if you wanted to play basketball, right, and you just kept picking the ball up and running, you would get like they blow the whistle like you have to if you want to go from here to there in a basketball court you have to dribble every two steps like once you respect that order you're going to be you're going to be you're going to be incredible and you can dribble behind your legs you can do all of these things there's so much like uh people rebelling against order yeah people rebelling against what you were designed to do what the role of a man is what the role of a woman is and what that even looks like and so many people have perverted it in a way to 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 demonize women or to demonize men or to demonize homosexuals like we perverted it so much that it's just like this gender battle it's this race battle but i'm like dude there's order like once you know the order you can flourish inside the order and then no matter what's happening it just doesn't matter you just got to understand what the fuck is going on and then you can profit from it and understand that everything takes time yeah yeah but there's like there's like there's like it's like a it's like a weird like oh that's the order like i didn't know that was the order like once i figured that out like shit got so clear like mm-hmm. i don't have any issues with my wife like i don't even need to knock on wood i'll never have them it's not even a thing cuz i cuz me and my wife have an understanding of the order it's i serve god and i put her first yeah she needs to make sure that i'm first not, not when you say that it sounds like um, psh, psh, bitch, listen to me. Like that's not how it works. As long as I put her first, she's so much safer if she gets to focus on me and put me first. Yeah. So now, what that may look like is, I know a lot of people will be like, "Well, well wife, you need to do A, B, and C." It's, it doesn't look like that. It's like I need to bring joy to my wife. So I mm-hmm. sit down and go, "Wife, what does your joy look like?" I want to be a designer. Say no mas. What does that look like? Cool. Say no mas. How can I contribute to this? What do you need? What do I need to do? As long as I'm developing a smile on her face mm-hmm. and I'm I'm always serving God it's just that's just the order and once we surrender to that order like we I, I cannot describe how pleasant our relationship is yeah. we just we're like oh, okay I get it but if I start perverting that like oh the woman needs to listen to me she's not listening or whatever or I need a side chick or whatever her ass ain't fatter like no bro <laughs> she, she, she's been brought to you and you need to serve her you need to keep your eye on God and you need to keep her first and through that order everything tends to work out I guess but that's what I learned I love that surrender uh, to the order I guess incredible. yeah you're such an observe think then act person in a world of people that act think then observe yeah you gotta be kind of still because because all my bullshit is because of me. <laughs> like, there's no 
I, you guys know these, right? You guys know these people you bump into and they're like, oh, they trying to give me a raw deal. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. I know all my raw deals were created by me, promoted by me. They were probably my idea. <laughs> they were, <laughs> it was just some dumb shit that you thought was cool and you didn't really pay attention. So I'm like, I, I just, I can't, I have to make sure that I'm out of my own fucking way. Like I just, Ooh. I just know that I will be. And so it's like, what does that look like? I guess that's the constant That's battle. always been my biggest downfall, getting in my own fucking way, thinking I deserve shit. And then I go into a deep, depressive spiral. See? And then when I step back away, and I'm like, hey, then maybe that's not for me. And then boom, they, I get stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, whatever's contributing to anybody's unhappiness, you have to know that you, you put it there somewhere. Like you did it. Like Damn. no one did it. And there's very and now don't get there are some very unique cases where you you know they're kidnapping people they're mm-hmm. they're raping children there's there's shit going on in the world but that's like five percent of the world like mm-hmm. this is what I tell the kids and and where I, I work at Rancho San Antonio we could say that it's a nonprofit and uh, we got money. donate to them yeah by the donate way. to them please donate to them and and then every kid every youth in America for the most part, every minority is killing each other over the idea that they need more affluent toys. I need a chain, I need shoes, I need Jordans yeah. and things of that nature. And I'm like, why do you keep using that word you need? Like I have to break this down to you. You live in the richest country in the history of the entire world. You live in the richest state in the richest country in the history of the entire planet. And you live in the richest county in the richest state, in the richest country, in the history of the entire world. Like, you don't need anything. You've been lied to. And because of that, you start moving in that way, and now you're, you're destroying yourself and everyone connected to you. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess what I would say, because you say you keep getting in your own way, if you're not right, everyone connected to you suffers. And I know that, and, the, and I surrounded myself with people who it brings me joy to serve, so it's like, I got to be right. Yeah. Like, my wife's very sweet. Like, if she was a hoe... If she was something else, I'd be like, yeah, I don't care if you hurt, you deserve that. But she's a very nice person. My sister's a very wonderful soul. If I'm not right, they all suffer. So it's like, I got to be right all the time. That makes sense. And by right, you mean like in line? Spiritually in line. Yeah, I got to be, I got to make sure because when, because when you go to, because you got to think, because you were telling me that story about how you weren't where you needed to be and look what it did to your wife. Look what it did to the people who loved your wife. Look what it did to that image. And it was Mm -hmm. like, it's not about you. It's, it's, this is not, since it's a sobriety podcast, it's not about your sobriety for your own sake. It's about the people connected to you. Mm -hmm. And we can never be disconnected from people. So if you have no motivation to get yourself where you need to be, just think about the people that are hurting just because they love you and are connected to you and it will always be connected to you like even in that moment if you broke your your now wife's heart and you went your way and she went that way that would be like a scar inside of her of course and like that's the role that you played in it but it's like now that you were able to be where you needed to be she's where she needs to be and everyone connected to you guys is great now you're just walking example of how to be so when someone's like i can never get sober then they can look at you it's like you you become this counter argument that brings joy to people but it literally starts with you being like i gotta be where i need to be for the people around me yeah taught me accountability yeah oh my gosh <laughs> yeah, we're just like oh my I'm god getting, coach okay i'm getting oh, hit hard over here so i need to redo it i love redo it my inventory list oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I love it i love it i love it what is uh your level of honesty in your life right now oh man i'm like i'm like never lying but that's not that's not from a good place that's just from like a place of arrogance like i'm like i'm good with i'm i'm okay but and, and also kind of goes back to when 
I would notice guys would always lie to get girls, and I was like, I'll just, I'll like, just, like I'll just women don't see through that eventually. <laughs> I mean, but shit, that's not stopping guys from slicking their head back and 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 laying on the axe and things that way. Like I've always just used, I've always used honesty. I'm, I might be too honest, honestly, because I, I say what I think, and sometimes I don't pat it up well enough, and it hurts some people's feelings. But I can't. I can't there's no there's no habitual line if I if I do catch myself finagling the truth and the only time I can think of doing that is literally for my wife because I'll be like I want to I want to tell you this but we got to get to a place where you don't see this as an enemy so and that's and it's hard because I want to be brutally honest with her at every single time but at the same time she's you know she's a woman she's very sweet she's emotionally based and things of that nature we're working on a million things and making ourselves grow to be better so there's sometimes I'm just like I don't want these elements of the world I don't want you to deal with them yet until you can see them as not a contributing factor and you not feeling good about who you are and so I'm honest because it's like you're not going to tell me anything that's not going to make me feel amazing about myself. That doesn't make any sense. And so I'm like, can't we all just handle honesty? And I'm like, oh, that's not, that ain't true. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're operating on a different frequency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your honesty comes from a sense of worthiness. You yeah. know you're inherently worthy. Because I think, I always used to say this, I said, I'm never wrong, I'm just corrected. Like I, That's literally, and that's from more of a place of arrogance. I'm like, when I'm, I'm like, let's say we're having an argument about something, and I go like, "No, I think you guys are wrong." Da 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 da. And then I go in my car and I find out that I was wrong. I'm like, "Good, I'm never gonna be wrong about that again." Wow. Like, but if I'm, I'm all the way okay with that. You don't experience any shame over no, that. No, I. No. Wow. Yeah, shame. Shame <laughs> is such. Shame is such an internal place, and and people we use this a lot and with with our kids they talk about shame and i'm like man i feel like that is such a trick of the left hand side to manipulate you to make poor choices shame it literally comes from within you it, it's such a choice emotion if if you allow yourself to understand it to be like a choice emotion but if you just remove the emotion out of it it's just a learning experience and you're going to be yeah. better for the next person but I can understand like people moving out of that that place of shame. And what I've seen shame do is just like an event that shames you. It's nine times out of ten, it's an event that reminds you of some shit that you didn't process and deal with. And now you got to deal with it. So now you're sad and you're not where you need to be. But I'm like, why don't you just deal with it? And whatever that may look like, you might not get it today. You might not get it this year. You might not even get it this decade. But it's like when you make it about that person and how that person made you feel, you're literally missing the reason why they have that power over you. It's like, right. go dissect where the fuck that's coming from. Because usually when people have shame, it's over shit they can't control. Right. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. Your dad was an alcoholic. You can't pick your dad. There's no dad. There's no <laughs> <Yeah>. dad lottery. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> dad lottery. What you got and yours is on the sauce. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but what really happened is your, your father's actions made you feel less than valuable. And when someone does something that reminds you of your father, they remind you that you actually believe you're less than valuable. But once you surrender to that idea, you will believe you're valuable. It's just and really, control literally. control your own self-esteem. Yeah, it's a state of mind dude i used to be so ashamed of being asian when i was younger because i used yeah, to get picked too. on <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> no i hear you i, uh, I caught that, I caught that. <laughs> so funny uh, that's the sound of someone catching a fade on a podcast <laughs> 
No, the then like as soon all. as I stopped being ashamed of being Asian, I was just fine. Yeah, everything like I was able to, you know, talk to girls just fine. You're not good. even just Asian because I was able to do everything when I was just like, oh, I, I don't even care about it. Uh, you're just good. Big deal. And everything was fine. And being being funny helped when I was younger. Yeah. Because I, I would always try jokes. I'm like, why are you always trying to try jokes? I'm like, but then when people started laughing, then I was like, oh. I have a certain value, and this is where my value comes from. Yeah, yeah, I fuck with all of that. And it removes shame. Shame is a, it's a it, construct. Well, I, but I would it, say it's, I would say it's a trigger. It's yeah, like a reminder. It's uh, mm-hmm. I've been, it, I it's coming up a lot because I've been doing a deep dive. But Brene Brown, the vulnerability researcher who okay. talked about shame, and she talks about how that motivates people. It's how she breaks it down: is guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am wrong. Yeah, oh, that's very really good. And mm-hmm. she she talks about that like shame in an, in a way is an unavoidable thing. If you don't have shame, uh-huh. if you've never experienced shame, you're probably a sociopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that mm-hmm. is so it's incredibly uncomfortable common to not experience shame but people who have a resilience to it have mm-hmm. a strong gratitude practice they have oh. a strong service practice like all the things that you bring to the table are the antidotes to shame mm-hmm. and that's why it's really it's like fascinating listening to you because i'm like i just you know spent 45 dollars on audible listening to these wow. books talk about <laughs> you're you're completely in line with her research like it's wow incredible. i didn't even think about it yeah like i'll that. send i'll send it to you i'll send you yeah. another screen cap from <laughs> listen i'm on board i appreciate it yeah, yeah. like it, like your your experience of your your ability to take those experiences and be like I feel guilt about that, but I am not going to take that into sh- a shaming place. It's not that I got something wrong; it's that I learned a lesson. Like that's yeah, the resilience yeah, yeah. to shame. Yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. When I was younger, I read this this Bible verse. It was like you made in the image of God. And I'm like I can't shake that. I'm like, what does that mean? Like you made in the image. Of, like what does that mean? And and so like when anything in the world tries to convince me that I am not made in the image of the most powerful being in the world, like I, I just, I, God wins the argument, I would say. It's like, it doesn't, and you gotta, like, I'm black, so it's like, and, and I'm poor, and I'm a welfare kid, and all of this shit, and it's like, yeah, but I'm made in the image of God. Like, I don't understand, like, what are you talking about? Like, that doesn't make any, it's hard because those are, those are two different, I guess that's the, the war of of who you are is like if we were made in the image of god why why should you ever feel bad like that like like i have to examine why i'm supposed to feel bad am i supposed to feel bad because there's racism am i supposed to feel bad because i'm not eating what i need to eat like no i should just eat better like don't feel bad that doesn't make any sense like i just that idea that you were made in the image of the most powerful creature in the world doesn't that by default make you the most powerful creature in the world but so it makes you, <laughs> yeah that makes you black panther hey, right like i literally feel like i'm like that has to be true and it might i might yeah. just be my naive but i'm like that just has to be true one of my affirmations that i totally got from the oprah podcast was mm-hmm. um i am not in saying like i want these things or i am it's i am worthy i am god's light changes the whole yeah. game changes yeah, the whole just, game just embodying it like oh no i am that thing changes like, the whole game yeah changes the whole game uh, I, I wouldn't say that me and my wife has has fights. I I never speak louder than this, and it, I'm always surrendering to her. Like I paid for a wedding, so I'm yeah. always I'm always saying, <laughs> hey, I'm always taking L's. I feel it. Uh, but uh, oh man, I, I might have just lost that thought. What was the last thing you said? Uh, about like I I am God's light. I am. I just oh say yeah. It. So I just, the like, thing make it. yeah. So yeah. the thing that me and her are going with now is like, listen, I need you to spend some money. 
Like I need you to reinvest into. She has a business. She does like wedding invites and things of oh, that nature. Oh, lovely! Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, I I need you to like blow three thousand dollars. Like you don't understand. Like you need to buy a printer or you need to buy something like that. And she's like, well, it's just hard for me to spend money at first. On the surface, I was like, why are you not listening to me? And I had to deal with those kind of flesh mm-hmm. emotional things. Sure. But when I actually broke it down, it was like, oh, you just don't feel comfortable spending money. I'm like, okay. We need to process that. Like that's what we need to process. Because I need you to spend five to ten thousand dollars reinvesting in your own business. Like because mm-hmm. because you're going to make it grow and we're all going to be better. That's how businesses work. This isn't a household. And it's very interesting that you said that because that's just the place that she operates in. And so I'm like, hey, it's okay. You got a blank check. Like I need you to mm-hmm. actually fucking go blow some money, and it doesn't have to come back, and you can't get in trouble. Even though I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. And even though our bank account shows that it's true, she still holds on to that idea so much that it's just a constant practice. It's a constant. It, you can't shake it easily. So I, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Shame? Like, it no, 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 no. It's a forever. constant. It's it a takes, constant. Yeah. When I was a kid, if somebody bought me something in a store, like if my grandma was yeah, like, yeah. I want you to pick out a toy. I would stand at the register and cry because I didn't feel like I deserved it. Yeah. And that's what she's doing. Yeah, we got to process that. I'd be like, oh, right, cool. This isn't about the money anymore. This is about her so worthiness. Yeah, we need, we need to process that. Yeah. And well, but luckily you two have each other to go through that. Yes. That's, yes. yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's we're doing a, all right. It's an amazing thing. Okay, how do you deal with fear and anxiety? Do you even experience fear and anxiety? Yeah, that's what I'm about to <laughs> say. Like, um, well, when we first started taping... I think maybe even this last time I caught my hand kind of shaking a little bit. When I, the cameras show up, we all get a look in our eye. Yeah. <laughs> we all get a I look at like, our eye and we're like, oh. And, 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 and for the record, like, I know there's guys who DJ on TV. I don't know another live DJ on TV. And, and the roast battle job of all the things that I've ever done in my life is the most difficult job I've ever done when it's live. Like when it's live on TV. It's like playing the piano and peeling a potato with your feet. Like it's that difficult. So I have the director in one ear and in the other ear I'm cueing the music and I'm cueing sound effects and I also have to pull that out and listen to the house levels. It's a very difficult thing and I don't like to fuck up because when you fuck up you feel bad because you didn't help, you know, you didn't serve these people. And so I remember getting a little, I was like, oh, you're nervous. Uh, Well then I'm like, I'm not thinking about the moment. Like, I need to think about the actual like technique, the phonetics. Like, what do we need to be doing? What song needs to come up? Things of that nature. And I would guess that would be kind of a, like a wrestling practice. Because, I mean, wrestling comes down, your entire season comes down to six minutes. Right. So you're like, <gasps> and everyone in the stadium's looking at you. Mm-hmm. And this guy is stopping you. And I'm not talking about the way Hollywood stops you. I mean, this motherfucker is grown man stopping you. And so it's like, you got to figure out what it is that you need to be in that exact moment. And so you just, I, I, I guess the, the easy way to say it is like, go to a happy place. But I was like, no, just focus on what needs to be happening instead of what is happening. Because when you're like, oh, what's happening? Well, yeah, technically I'm on a roast battle stage and there's three people screaming in my ear. Joel Gallon, the director, uh, he has a way with words. Shout and out. Shout <laughs> out to Joel. Hi, Joel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we got him doing his thing. You got everyone's concern. And you got this look of just sheer desperation in everyone's eye. Like, if I don't kill my TV spot, I ain't whatever. And yeah. I'm like, 
okay like you got to deal with like all of that but i'm like if i if i if i try to drink that like i'm gonna be a little anxious about it but when i just be like well these are just turntables this is just a mixer what needs to happen are you are you listening to the jokes how can you interpret what's going on what 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 needs your attention and give that your attention don't allow your attention to go to a place that makes you unproductive to those around you you're yeah. doing with the facts what a gift that yeah. you have a task to do in those moments oh my god you know what i mean because that, yeah. that's just when it's just you and your words <laughs> just like i'm gonna say the thing i'm gonna say the thing i'm gonna say the thing yeah yeah, 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 yeah. mics placed properly making sure like oh so with that it's a well-oiled machine yeah yeah and it you know I wasn't used to seeing the fear in everyone else's eyes. I thought the fear was always pouring out of my eyes only in the belly room. And then when we were on set, everyone was going. And I didn't, I wasn't used to it. I remember just amping up, amping up, amping up. And my sponsor was backstage. Oh, wow. Wow. Shout out to her. Yeah. She was such a gem. And um, she said, you know, there's this yoga move that I know. And it's like a Hatha yoga move. And Uh it was just putting my body, like putting my hands, arching my back against a wall and breathing. Uh And so we're in that big shoot that looked like a cattle release from like a rodeo. House Mm. of Blues. We're in that big shoot. And Evan's looking at me and we both had that terror look in my, our eyes. Yeah. And I turned away and I just did that thing against the wall. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, <gasps> yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I, I have a feeling when those opportunities arise again, I'll be backstage doing like downward dog, doing, yeah. like, doing side planks, mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. yoga, my one, yeah. just doing yeah. yoga and shit, weirding yeah. everyone yeah. out. But a task, that's beautiful. Because yeah. well, the way you describe it is like, um, first it's fear and it's anxiety. Yeah. And every time everyone says it, it goes, what do you deal about fear and anxiety? They always put them together. So fear is like, you just haven't accepted something. Like there's something that you think's going to happen that you haven't accepted it. And I'm like, well, why haven't you accepted that? Because mm-hmm. once you accept it, you're going to be okay. And so that's why some of the stuff, I keep going back to wrestling, but it's like, by all means, I'm a really good wrestler. But by a different metrics, I'm just whatever. And I lost big and, and big moments. But it's like those things hurt so much. And then you watched how your body kind of healed and came back and bounced back. And you look at what you learn from those situations and how you're able to contribute to the people around you. It's like, is your fear justified? A lot of times we just let our fear be fear. And it's like, but yeah. should I have it, though? Like, should I have that fear? I can't handle that. Like, I can't handle that outcome. And it's like, well, once you allow yourself to be like, oh, I can handle this outcome, then that fear goes away and then probably that anxiety goes away and then we can, you know, focus in the moment. I love that. Can you handle that? That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Yeah. What? Okay. What is, (laughs) what is one thing about yourself you'd like to, to change? Man, I I would just, I can't change anything because I think, I think we are all perfect. It's just, it's kind of crazy. I really think we're all perfect and in the pursuit of it, whatever that may look like. Some people right now are drinking way more than they need to be, but they have to drink way more than they need to be so that at some point they cannot drink at all, whatever. So I'm like, there's nothing that I necessarily want to change, but I just, I want to keep identifying how I get in my own way. Like that's, that's, that's probably the most difficult thing. Some things are really clear to me, but sometimes I know I'm a problem and I'm like, I can't see it. And like, so, what's the problem? I love that, too. Because it, sometimes it's like, I'm not aware of how I'm fucking up. Yeah. It takes me a while to get there. And then I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you, you ignore things, too. Yeah. And that's yeah. my biggest problem. Yeah. So, so I mean, 
just full disclosure, I didn't have the greatest time on this roast battle season three set, right? And one of the issues that I had is, is I just didn't get a lot of information. Like, like, like. You like to know. Like, like, well. You like uh, to plan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, hey, Blake's coming out with cheerleaders. What? Like, I could, why, and I'm so focused on why no one told me why Blake Griffin doesn't have cheerleaders. And I'm so focused on how come I didn't know these things. And it, when you feel set up, like you almost feel like, well, whose job was that to fucking tell me that? And then now you just become chaotic and you end up acting like a Hollywood diva. So finally I got some time away from that. And then I got to compare that roast battle set to the dance battle set. And that's ran by the Ugly Brothers. Very okay. nice men. Very nice. I really like them. Completely different set. But at the same time, there was just a lot of misinformation. Like, like, oh, I would have liked to have known that. I could have maybe, okay, cool. So now, instead of just being upset of what's happening on set, is like I realize this is, this is, these are sets. Like, you got to chill out. You're a yeah. DJ. No one cares about you. Like, you need to get your own information, period. Mm-hmm. Like, you just got, this is the order of a TV taping. Like, this shit means a lot to people. You got producers that might not ever work again. You got directors that might not. You got networks throwing money in. These people aren't fucking thinking about you. So if you have some needs that you need to get met, figure out a more constructive way to articulate them so you can best serve the show. But once I got rid of the anger that I had from the Rose Battle, now whenever I'm on set, I'll just be like, oh, okay, cool. What do I need to know? And blah, 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 blah. But there was a minute when I was really upset that, ooh, you guys aren't telling me shit. Right. (laughs) But I'm like, they don't tell the DJ shit. And like these people are terrified. Like this is a TV show. Like these people, don't give a fuck. These people are terrified. So it's like you understand that. That's the order of things. Now how can you contribute? So it's kind of almost like a callback. I love that. Yeah. This is great. What is your (laughs) what is your experience of forgiveness? Oh, that's a really that's a really interesting one. I'm always telling people to forgive people, especially the ones who who wrong them. I don't want to generalize, but a lot of times it's parents. With women, a lot of times it's their father. But with uh, with young men, I'm like, well, once you forgive this person who did something so bad to you, you you get the power to be who you need to be. And so it's like, you don't understand. Like, this isn't about you giving them the past. This is about you letting, accepting them for who they are. Yeah. And then once you do that, you free up so much energy, it's fucking crazy. And so I realized this when I came home, like the first time I went to college, because like I'm a young black kid and we're like, we go to college to buy our, our mom houses, right? We're like, well, yeah. I'm gonna make a million dollars put my mom in a house. Well, like, Latina girls do too. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? I like, always call yeah. my stepmom and I give her like the report. I'll be like, this is how my career is going and this yeah. is how much closer I am to paying that mortgage for you. Yeah, you wanna <laughs> buy my house, yeah. right? And so the first time I, I went away to school and I came back, um, it was like Thanksgiving. It was my first Thanksgiving break and I was tripping because I was like, mom, don't you miss me she's like nigga you was only gone a few weeks i was like i was like <laughs> but i'm like, in I'm college now like i'm bugging out right and and i and she used to have this room in in the back where she didn't do shit to it like she she just threw shit in it, it was completely disorganized they had a dog didn't house break it the dog had a pattern of just shitting in this fucking room it stunk it was disgusting so on my first thanksgiving break i was like i'm gonna fucking clean this room 
and I wow. just cleaned it. Didn't hang out with anybody. I have allergies. My allergies were going crazy. I cleaned it. I was so proud. I brought my mom in. Look how clean this room is. She says, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I go back to college, come back for uh, Christmas break. The room was worse than it was before. And then when I looked at the room, I was like, do you know why your mother has a fucked up room in her house? And the answer is because she's a woman who keeps a fucked up room in her house. That's it. <laughs> like That's just it. <laughs> like once you accept that, you're good. Yeah. That's just what she is. And it's like, all right, great. So now I accept her for what she is. And then I, that's just what it is. And, it, and that's easy with a fucked up room in your house. It gets more difficult when that loved one, you know, beats you or that loved one, you know, touches you inappropriately, things of that nature. But at the end of the day, that's just their demon. Like once you accept them for with their demon, then you don't let their demon come to you and it kind of stays with them. Yeah. Because you you remove your expectation from the people that you love. And once you do that, it's like fucking oh, liberty, I guess. Like yeah. freedom. Yeah. I guess that's what you would call forgiveness. I, I, I wouldn't, that is, yeah. yeah I, I don't know if I use the word forgiveness. I would say I'm going to remove my expectation from the people that I love. Yeah. It's, that's it's, beautiful. What's, yeah. What's, how are you with forgiving yourself? Um, you talked about your mom. You yeah, about yeah, like, yeah. But, well, see, at the same time, it's like, so even that, the, the story I told about my mom, my mom, like she didn't walk for the last... 13 years of her life and so it was like and then me and my sister we really couldn't do what we needed to do she was going to med school it was like if you really broke down if you just looked at like the the numbers on my mother passing it was a net overwhelmingly positive my sister was able to go to school um I was able to to get some money to move in and that you know she passed away and things that it's a it's a net positive so the only thing that that I had was like, well, you're just upset that that she's no longer here. But overall, she's no longer suffering, and that really matters. And your sister's yeah. in a much better place, and that really matters because you know your mother suffered. Like you know she had a, a, it was uncomfortable for her. So once I, once I catch myself being upset about my choices, I have to like you gotta let yourself go. How's your sister? How's your mother? Yeah. And it's like focus on that and, and don't be so selfish. Kind of in that moment, wow. I guess. But yeah, if I just sit down and think about uh and and oh and by the way, I don't want to say I maybe maybe it's not the word forgive myself, but it's like when I move like that, I just there's a major reprioritization. I was like, "Oh yeah, jobs don't matter." Right. Like jobs they don't matter. There's no way. Only people matter. And and the right people matter. And so it's like you can't chase jobs putting your loved ones in, in compromising situations. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So like I have no, like I don't think any job is better than the next job. Like I yeah. literally think the TV roast battle is on par with sweeping at McDonald's. Like it just literally doesn't matter. And yeah, I, yeah I'm just like, Hey, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I used to work at a pet store and empty cat boxes and I took it just as seriously. <laughs> I was yeah. like, these are going to be the cleanest fucking cat boxes. Yeah. I mean, a job's a job. There's really no yeah. reason. But your priorities shouldn't change based on your job. It, it, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I can't say I put my wife first and her happiness first if I took some job that that I was no longer to be in her life because, oh, I got to work in Wisconsin and make $3 million. I'm like, $3 million? That doesn't make any sense. So you put the connections above the stuff. Absolutely. Well, it's well at the time, I was like, it's the connection and it's the people. But right. now it's like, it's, it's literally the service of a higher power. As long as that is the priority, 
everything works out. When it's not the priority, things get extremely messy. Yeah. Like extremely messy. Because you start saying shit like, but I worked hard. Don't I deserve that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like it's not about you. If it's about you, you're going to be in trouble. Like period. Like you, you already know this T. Like don't stop it. It, it literally nothing matters. There was a moment after the season that I did where I got uh-huh. a phone call from another person who was on it and yeah. they were like, nobody is calling me. Like Hollywood <laughs> is not calling me. Yeah. And they were legitimately fucking angry. And I yeah. was like, yeah, you know what? No one's calling me either. Yeah. And it's okay because we already got the thing. Now yeah. we keep doing the work. It's it. That's it yeah it's like oh we're not owed anything no one owes anybody anything in this world like it's just except for kindness i don't know but when it comes to like (laughs) when it comes to like career stuff it's like it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't it doesn't and if someone called me and said they're not calling me i just did a tv show and i'd be like well why do you want them to call you what is it that you want Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> say, well, why do you want to? What I, is it that you want? I think my question was, <laughs> what are your expectations? Because I had the same ones too. And yeah, I remember yeah. I got this, I got a, a text message from another comic, uh, Kyle Clark, friend of the podcast. Okay. He had come into some success early in his career and he said, I'm going to just give you a it was like three of the longest text messages ever. He was like, these are some things I wish somebody had told me when I was in your position. Gotcha. And then when Alex wrapped his the next day, I said, these are the things I wish somebody had told me. Or, oh, or really? These are the things I was told when I was in your position. Gotcha. That's and good. so I like just pass it along because I was like, it's going to be really weird going back to work. And he's like, I'm Uber driving right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's weird, you See, know, but that, you got to do your job. Yeah. You and fucking it, make money. <laughs> yeah. And I went from like, oh, it's weird going back to a regular job to like, okay, I can't wait to wrap this shit so i can get back yes. and do this shit like I, ju- I literally cannot wait and it's like i'll never stop like it, it just there's just no value in anything that you could touch see or hold like if 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 that be your philosophy you'll be surprised the bullshit you avoid the minute you start saying gold is more valuable than silver oh good luck to you because it's just shit yeah. <laughs> i mean it's yeah. literally just shit oh my gosh what is your what's the weirdest sort of apology or amends you've had to give in your life Oh, it was this old, this old white lady. She's like white. Old white women are literally my Achilles heel, and I had to understand why they're just like you're mad at them, or like what? (laughs) Because they're in, they're in, they're in corporate, they're in like school settings. So like when when you're in like that corporate corporate setting, yeah, there's like this expectation, like, look, you're gonna listen to us Mm because we're old white professionals. But I'm always trying to be like, dude, I have like two degrees like what are you talking about like i'm nice at this and so what i didn't know this when i was younger but i i I found out that you bump heads with white women so much because they try to have power over you and you take every moment to show them how strong you are but it's like if you just let them have power and you know that you're strong all the friction will go away right and so there was a lady who me and her beefed with passionately and then we literally came back and started working with each other and and, and and had a positive report actually based on that kid, L. Like literally that kid, like I hadn't talked to her in over like a year. And then that wow. kid, L, forced us to kind of have a conversation. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. I get the role you were playing in the friction. I get her issues and her demons. And now just accept it, understand the order and figure out what you need to be inside of this order. 
Wow. I would say. I would love that. How do you maintain your daily coach tennis? I don't even I want I don't even know what to call it. Like you just uh, how do you maintain the order of operations that is coach T? I would say I'm constantly trying to find information. Like constantly. So like you like try we, to understand instead of being understood. Like, like I'm, like I was literally listening to a book by Mike Labardi on the way over here. Like I'm constantly thinking of questions and then, then with gazelle-like intensity trying to get the, the question answered. Okay. So like, so here's an example. So like we have the story of Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. Okay. If you're a sexist guy, you're going to twist it and say, these bitches are the reason why life sucks. Right. And if you're a feminist guy, you you might have a different or, or a feminist woman, you might have a different twist on that. Well, there's a story in Genesis, but people don't know this. There's also a book that circulated a long time called the book of Adam and Eve. Never made the Bible, never was canonized, as they would say. But inside that, there's so much more detail that if you look at that and you read that, you get a completely different interpretation of what kind of actually happened. So simply you're like, yo, Adam you're crazy or I, I guess as a male it's really easy to be like women look what you did right you bitches are shady no but, one asked why she got the apple yeah <laughs> yeah but, no one asked why she did that yeah but <laughs> through but me trying to understand because it started with me understanding like what was male designed for like what was masculine energy designed for and where it's at properly and what it was you got to realize that like adam begged god to give me eve he begged for this Adam's like, God says, okay, puts Adam to sleep, takes his rib and makes his person. You say, well, why did he take the ribs? Well, Eve needs to come from your body because there's a physical attachment. And what's really crazy is your rib is the only thing, your, your last rib is the only thing that can be removed and grows back if it's surgically removed. Hmm. And every story of how the rib was removed, it says Adam was put to sleep, which is kind of crazy. So I'm like, that's just bizarre to me. And so I was like, that just makes no sense to me. They ran out of time writing. I like, I, that's just weird. Like, like the only way this works 2,000 years later is if it's the way that you said it. Like, it, like, that's bizarre to me. So, but anyways, what happened was, here's my interpretation of the Adam and Eve story. Adam and Eve got into a fight. That's it. She was left alone. She was left unsupported. She was left unprotected. And then that is finally when Satan came through and was like, where's your man? Because he begged for you. He should be protecting you, but he's not here because he's in his feelings. And because of that, she bit the apple. And when she came back to Adam, Adam knew that he was going to die. It wasn't like Eve convinced Adam to, t to eat the apple. Adam was like, I don't even want to live without you. Like, I know we're going to die. I'm going to sacrifice my life and all of humanity because I don't want to live without you. And there's just so many lessons inside of that. I would have never had that if I'd just been a traditional churchgoer. I would have never had that if I'd just been an, an atheist searcher. It's just like I'm constantly trying to realize the information, get new angles on it, and apply it to modern day, I guess. Incredible. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, when I tell my wife, I'm like, listen, you, you got to stay a little focus on me. Trust me. I, I got you. Trust me. You're going to be in the best shape of your life. But I got to stay focused here because it, it, this whole shit comes apart. Like when you go to work, if, if you don't feel my spirit with you, if you don't feel that I protect you and I support you in every element, then you're going to be taken advantage of. That's just what happens. And if I don't make sure that all my actions serve your happiness, I will hurt you and I will go down with you. So it's like I'm always trying to make sure that whatever we do maintains that order. Wow. If that makes sense.
Uh, when are you gonna write a self help <laughs> book? Bro, I, I, need, I, I need that book, man. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Not, I'm not. I'm, I'm underqualified. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I think you should listen to this podcast. Yeah. All right, this is like seven self help books. It's like oh, I appreciate like, it. Yeah, you're, you're very kind. What is your um? And you've talked a lot about this, but like spiritual connection. One sentence. What's the thing people can? What is your you're a church guy. You're a God guy. Like, what's your... I, I would say if you can touch it, hold it, smell it, and look at it, it doesn't matter. That's all I would say. Okay. Just all no right. way it matters. Okay. Okay. <laughs> God damn. What's one, what's one thing you'd want to give away to somebody just like you? Oh, a connection with something greater than themselves. Period. Whatever that looks like. For a lot of people, it was roast battle. You got to tell jokes, and it was about you, but it kind of wasn't. And if you can do something, be a part of a football team, whatever the fuck that looks like, just be connected to something that you know for a fact you play an important role in. But at the end of the day, it's not about you. I don't know if there's greater joy than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just, yeah. I mean, I would say just bigger in society, everything. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like one thing or one project. Yeah, just bigger. Everything. Yeah. The bigger other people are, the smaller you are, which sounds scary, but that also means whatever the fuck is bothering you shrinks with it. The depression, <sighs> the alcoholism, it all shrinks with you as long as other people keep growing in size. I'm gonna cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. Man, I'm, I'm about to bomb my set. <laughs> I know. I know. I've been I've been struggling with this question of it occurs to me that like comedians' minds work in that first shitty interpretation of an event. Uh -huh. It doesn't go to that second layer of like what is I think the best comics go to that second layer of like what's really going on, which is yeah. the place where you dwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, what is this? It makes me I've been thinking a lot about like how do I bring my comedic thoughts into that second layer you know instead of like making that my serious layer yeah like how do i bring that into that second that second layer of the onion and be like okay like what is this really about yeah and when you do that you're gonna just remember me oh so <laughs> you're you gonna be so me? famous are you gonna, gonna be, be right there everybody's coming, everybody's coming with everybody's coming yeah, yeah <laughs> we're yeah. doing it yeah uh, seats at the table for the, everyone okay Everybody. i like that oh my gosh coach where do people find you uh, you know what i don't do anything on social media that's what <laughs> Ah! Mm. I'm sorry, I don't. I, no, it's beautiful. It's perfect. I don't. I don't. I mean, I what have freedom. What freedom you I, have? What I want to. I want to burn. You not my, be I want to burn my social media to the ground every single day of my life. So every uh, day. So let me. I, I would explain this like this. Like we talked about all these really bizarre opportunities. Like right. my opportunities are so bizarre that there's no way I could have manufactured it. So right. I feel that a lot of times people cling on to their social media trying to manufacture their own opportunities. So oh, you're it's a false sense of control. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, if somebody, and I'll put it to them like this, I say, listen, if somebody hits me up and says they want to do something and they don't know how to get in contact with me directly like you and I'm like well you're not in my life for a reason so I have to be very weary of that but a lot of times that's almost like the apple like hey I'm a guy and I'm doing a thing and you really want to do it and you end up doing some shitty ass show some shitty ass experience some shitty ass web series that you thought was going to be cool they never paid you they said but it's the opportunity blah 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 but I'm like why you chase that opportunity you probably ignored some people around you and like you have to completely serve the people that you have a connection to. Then you get more opportunities to serve more people. Like I, I busted my 
ass on the Jamar Neighbors album, and mm. I might win a Grammy this year. Like it, it, but it wasn't me going like I have to take social media. It was like no, I fuck with Jamar. I don't care who doesn't. I think he's brilliant because he adds strength to his trauma, and I would like to articulate that for the world. You did that. You did a good enough job. Then you got another job. Jobs beget jobs. Everyone's looking at the job they have now, saying it's not good enough, and they want a better one. But I'm like, just kill this job. And then if you please someone so much, they're just going to be like, you have to meet this person because they served me so well. I can't do anything without them. And that doesn't exist in social media. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) But what about the likes? I know that shit matters. I'm kidding. And, yeah. and and one of the things that kill you is someone comes up to you. Like this literally happened when we were in uh, Tulsa because mm-hmm. we just did Tulsa. This mm-hmm. guy came up to me and he's all like, uh, do you mind if I record you? I want to go live on a gram. I'm like, okay, yeah, you could do it. He's like, what are you on on Instagram? And I was like, I think I'm DJ Coach T, but I never go on it. And he starts giving me a lecture about how social media presence is so important. Yikes. Did you tell him, no, you can't record me? No, no, no. I was like. Did you remind him he lives in Tulsa? <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, I, that's your reality. Like, you can have that reality. So hopefully you record me and you get tagged and then you realize that that didn't play a role in anything that I've ever done. Like, uh, and by if the way, I, I love you, Tulsa. Yeah, and if I really gave a shit, like if I really like, if I really like on Thursday, I'm gonna go spend 12 hours doing therapy. Like if I really gave a shit, I could put my foot in Hollywood. But it's like, I only do the things that I'm called to. And that's just what it is. So if you're always trying to ask people to call you, it's like, what are you doing? Like what need are you being satisfied? And a lot of times social media is an easy way to convince people to call you. But I'm like, well then who are you ignoring? How's your wife? How's your husband? How's your boyfriend? How's the, how's the people at your job? If I, if I took everyone in your life right now, would they have very positive things to say about you? Have you helped them with their struggles? Like, this is a true thing. I was in New York, and Chris Rock had this idea that I thought was whack. I called three comics, and they were like, that idea is whack, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't have time for that. And I said, it's Chris Rock. Make it hot for him. That's right. literally what he wants. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that you don't respect his comedic genius. So it's not, us, it's not up to us to tell him he's not funny. We're not in that position. It's up to us to serve him in this moment. I called three people and no one did anything. They all said, I'm too busy doing something else. And I'm like, well, yeah, you just really missed an opportunity. You don't even understand it. Like, you're not even aware of the opportunity. You're not, you're not even, cl- but that's just literally how the shit works. Yeah. Like, someone's asking you to help them right now in your life and you're probably overlooking it because it's not what you think you want. And that's just not how it works. Like, if I'm really good to people, they will tell people and then they're gonna, that's how you create a demand. It isn't taking pictures and showing everybody your Yeezys. That was, that was fired at me. That was a slow, that was that was a slow one. Oh. Yeah, that's just because I'm jealous he's got two pairs. That's uh, why. I should have put him in the closet. <laughs> And, and hold on, and just don't get me wrong. Yeah, I got crazy Jordans. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. I got very odd Jordans. So don't get me wrong, I use it too. It's not because I feel like I need the Jordans. I just know that when I started wearing Jordans, 
people would have conversations with me that I would never have before. So now I wear Jordans to the ranch that where I'm at with the yeah. kids and they're like, well, where'd you get those? And then if you've ever had a conversation with me, we're not going to spend much time on the Jordans. We're going to get to someplace other. So if the social media is what attracts the people to, to you could actually bless and play a role in their soul, I'll do it. That's the main reason why I have Jordans because somebody who's infatuated with shoes will have a conversation with me. Then hopefully they'll be more infatuated with their soul. Well, but that's the goal. How about this? So if people <laughs> want to find you, where do they find Jamar's oh. album or find you? Jamar's album is on datpiff.com. Okay. America, and it's, gr- it's great, by the way. America's Nigga. I got in trouble for listening to it I on love speaker that. at work. I love yeah. that story. <laughs> do that. I love that story. <laughs> that's not safe for everything. <laughs> yeah. Not just work, not for everything. Yeah. yeah, especially not a treatment center on the yeah. west yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I would say this because it's irresponsible if I don't work. Uh, there's a show called Dance Battle coming out on E. Okay. Uh, you guys got to watch that. I really like Justine and Heidi. It's literally the only reason why I do the show oh. because I think their heart is good and they need support. That's, everything else is irrelevant. I think they're special people. Support anything that they do because if they can become a better version of themselves, they're just going to bless more people. Yeah. So please mm-hmm. support that when it comes out. Uh, there's a whole bunch of shit on Rose Battle. There's a Rose Battle podcast yes called verbal violence we've both been on it no verbal violence is no more it's now the a roast battle podcast owned by comedy central oh okay yes we all own by comedy central uh and uh that comes out every thursday um there's a whole bunch of roast battle clips uh there's a chris rock album coming out later this month Mm. where i literally produced every sonic element of that chris rock is an amazing person um i think a lot of times people get really really big and then we don't like them when we meet them yeah. chris rock is is a gentleman class personified and so i think that should be said and recorded i love that if you ever mm. get the opportunity please pass on to him i am a big champion of tambourine I oh love yes. i love that yeah, i good. love tambourine's fire i love it because very was, underrated a lot of people a lot of comics were like i don't like it and it's like you know what he's allowed to grow up and be a man and own Thank his you. shit yeah. and dwell in that second layer of comedic yeah. thought like he's yeah. allowed to grow up and dwell in that area of like i fucked up let's make jokes like yeah instead of like you know yeah i would be disappointed if he was still pacing and and doing the mm. same yeah. like, in an all leather outfit Cram- i would be fingers confused in the yeah ring. and and i will say this just to play uh m- mr rock a compliment i've met pretty much everybody i've ever wanted to meet in hollywood and 99 percent of them have disappointed me chris rock is the only person who i've met who i feel he has more internally than he lets out alone in a room in a conversation with him is way more phenomenal than his stand-up it almost diminishes his stand-up that I, that i know him more as a person really he's an incredible human being I love that. My, yeah. I love that. I love when I hear like they're yeah. really that great. No, and he, more. He 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 had he did a phone call that that brought the entire studio to pause one time. We're, we're all mixing and doing music and shit and then he you got to really he has a messy divorce where the, the woman is very hurt and she's doing a lot of very, you know, uncomfortable things. And um his his daughter calls him and he FaceTimes her and she's going on because uh uh, she wants to uh, her mother wants to make her go horseback riding and do something that's kind of whatever the long story short the daughter doesn't want to do what the mom wants to do i know every man in that moment would have been like yeah fuck your mom that's why i left that bitch but chris rock gave the most eloquent guidance that any man i've ever seen give to a woman i was like oh everyone connected to him is going to be fine 
He was in the moment. He supported his daughter. He empowered his wife. He was just everything he needed to be. And I was like, Chris, you got to put that kind of shit out there. And he was like, yeah, but I can't make it funny. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> That's my life. I want, I want somebody to make it funny. I want oh, somebody to make it funny. I was begging him. Like, well, where's the yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, like but well, where's the joke? I'm like, fuck the joke. Like, niggas need to hear that. You just yeah. demonstrated how to be a father. Like, yeah. I can't find that anywhere. <laughs> Period. <laughs> the joke is the person in his mind going, but you can't make that funny. Yeah. It's, it's The joke is, the, is interacting with the ego and doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. But so anyway, of all the people I met, I'm just like, this guy never lied, up and up, overpays. Very, wow. he's, just, he's just amazing. Well, gosh. God bless him. Absolutely. And you and everybody. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Alex, where can people find you? I, I don't have I social like, media anymore. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we just, all, we're all going to delete Burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> at Dabber Dwag. Yeah. Yeah. At Anna V is fun. And my website is AnnaValenzuela.com. That's it. I'm not going to go hard on that. <laughs> just, if you want to hear me make jokes and I'll hug you. I hug. I, I literally, after a lot of shows, like I, if you come up to me and say, hi, I will hug you. And, and that's, that's the thing I bring to stand up is like, I'm just like, I will, I will give you a little bit of love. She's yeah. a very I'll, sweet give, I'll give you the ass out hug. Cause uh, it's a crazy climate right now. <laughs> you could be, be acting like a victim. Like you don't know how to, you don't know how to hug someone and not rape Smart them. Move, like, man. what are you? Smart move, okay. man. Oh, I know. I don't think they know. Oh, they know. <laughs> oh my heavens. Okay. Well uh Alex, if nobody just told you this today, I love you. Love you too, Anna. And Coach, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. Thank you. Love Thank you, you so much Thank for being you. here. And Thank you for this ass. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is incredible. Yeah. And, and if you're listening Our to pleasure. this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Yay. All right, bye. bye. You guys are phenomenal.